Hello and welcome to another Pop Gaze of a Certain Age Meets episode. Today we are talking to a one-time Harry Potter background actor, a Bailey's spokeswoman, one-third of a girl group, a professional Mel B impersonator, an interviewer, a drag mother, a contestant in Series 2 of Drag Race UK. But before we go over to our amazing guest, just to remind you that you can find all our other podcast episodes by searching for Pop Gaze of a Certain Age on your podcast provider of choice. You can follow us on Twitter, search for at Pop Gaze, and on Facebook, search for Pop Gaze of a Certain Age, where you will find our daily features of Breakfast Bangers, Midday Movers, Let's Have a Heated Debate, Tuesday Tea Time Treat, Singles of the Week, Sunday Service, as well as our weekly music playlists. Now, it's time to introduce our guest. She's now a bona fide pop star with a string of top pop bops and musical EPs to her name. She's serving us an adequate dress made of materials that is on her body. Is it vintage? No. Is it elegant? No. Is it still stuck on her? Just about. Are we going to see a bollock? Who dis? She ain't no basic baroness. It's none other than Lawrence Bolton, a.k.a. Tia Coffee. Ew, not my real name. I feel like I'm at school. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to our podcast, Tia. It's amazing to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. We have a lot of questions that we would love to ask you. So, how are you? Have you had a good day? What have you been up to? Oh, that's a really nice question. I feel like usually people just say, I'm fine. How are you? Um, <laughs> no, I just thought I'd be moping around a little bit. I felt like when you get into this like time period where like the nights are long, the days oh, are short, yeah. everything sort of slows down a little bit. So I've had a little, uh, little sort of like time to myself today to just good. feel a bit uh, mopey. And I ordered fish and chips. Nice. Oh, good. Nice. <laughs> how how is everyone else? We're all good. We're very good, well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yes, a little yes. bit bloated. Trying to avoid trick or treaters. Because it's Halloween, oh, of course. I've yeah. stuck mine on the front door with a note saying, just help yourself. I just got a water <laughs> pistol full of acid. Oh, <laughs> oh no. i <laughs> joking. I don't really. <laughs> I've just polished off a Donna kebab and I'm regretting every mouthful. No, never regret that. Don't. Never regret a mouthful. Never. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely. Lovely. Okay, well, let's delve right into these questions by going over to our first pop gay. And that is our very own Paul. It's me. Oh, my God. Right. So, obviously, we're going to talk about a little bit drag race. So, my first question is, how much actual contact do you get with Mamaru when you're filming? Oh, everything that you see. It's really? exactly as, as you see it. She's in the room. You have a chat. It's very pleasant. Wow. Um, we're not sort of all having lunch together because she's a judge. That would make the yeah. competition unfair. Mm. Um, so it's it's everything that you see, really. Obviously, like that's an edited highlights package. She is there for a lot longer. The conversations aren't all eleven seconds long, but like no. you, you get to have a nice chat with her. A nice chat where, for me, she says Shirley Bassey isn't funny, and then two years later tells my ex boyfriend to do Shirley Bassey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But you know what? You could kind of see, like, so season two for me, like, I, it was so nice. When I was I was in America when season one was on, so I didn't get the full, I couldn't get into it fully, but I, I ended up catching up and I loved oh, it. Oh, just dropping that in casually. I was you in know, America. I was in well, America. during in the UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah so was a um, But season two, obviously, I genuinely think it was 
one of my main highlights through the whole lockdown situation. It was obviously terrible for you, Slot, because you were in the competition, then kind of had to stop the competition. But like for me and a couple of my best friends who lived down in Essex, we literally watched it together. And you could see that Rue absolutely loved you. Or at least yeah. that's the way it definitely came across from the way that she had a connection with you. She just absolutely loved you, as we all Thank you. I love that, like, in everything that you just said that was so full of praise and kind words, the thing that stuck in my mind was to ask, whereabouts in Essex? <laughs> oh, right. So, <laughs> so one of them lives in Landon, um, and then one of them's not too far away from that, and I should really know where Hannah Is that a real is. place? I feel like you just made that place. No, I didn't, honestly. I'm not going to read your, your address, but... <laughs> but, but I do have... I do have Stacey's address, and I, I will tell you. I'll tell you. I'm sure it's pretty much Landon. Do you mean Loughton? L-A-I-N-D-O-N. And it's not like I've misspelled London wrong. I promise. <laughs> Landon. Not familiar. I'm from Essex originally, so I'm always like, oh, whereabouts in Essex? <laughs> I mean, it's a big county. I'm not claiming to know the entire geography of Essex. <laughs> I probably just have never heard of it. I'm talking about other guys that aren't you. I see a light in my eyes I can't refuse I look at myself and I feel so brand new I'm like a Barbie, oh, I'm gonna party, oh, now I feel it getting colder Don't need you to get warmer no more I, I feel so good So, Tim, what's your question for Tia? Hi, Tim. Do the Queens get a budget from the BBC for any of the costumes? If the Queens got a budget from the BBC for the costumes, do you think mine would have been so bad? (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) not. Um, The Queens of the regular seasons do not get a budget from the BBC. That is all out of your own pocket. Um, So if people have extravagant and lovely outfits, do some digging as to what their parents do. Um, (laughs) If queens queens don't have amazing outfits because they do their drag bookings at the two brewers for £75 a week and then once a week at halfway to heaven for £60, that's probably why. (laughs) Hang on, we loved the um, Alan Turing. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I love that. It was inspired. I loved it all. And yeah. I would have rocked that green outfit. I don't care what Michelle says. I loved it. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're delusional, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. It was objectively quite disgusting. Well, what I loved is the fact that you were so wholehearted about it. You didn't sort of fall apart. You were being read to filth and you got all crying and in your head about it. You were just like, yeah, it's a bit. It is what it bit, is. It is what it is. And, you know, what are you going to do about it? And I really love that about about you on Drag Race. It was refreshing. Thank you. It's fine when it's the judges. Because that's their job. 
Like, it's, yeah. I don't mind being critiqued by the judges, and I didn't mind being in situations where I could talk one-on-one with people. Yeah. Um, like the confessionals or, like, on, on the runway. It's a lot harder when it's in the workroom and people are telling you that you should go home every single week. But it is what it is. We're all friends now. Just kidding. <laughs> well, you're, you know, like, we're taller than them all anyway, so you could just, like, stand on them. I am actually way taller than them. I knew but... it! By, I think I'm taller than Ellie Diamond by an inch. So I'm the tallest one ever on Drag Race UK. <laughs> wow. Doesn't mean that I want anything, but I'm just quite tall. The thing is, I know like, you know, in the workroom, you were getting a lot of flack from your peers, but it, it's really telling because obviously it unnerved them. They were thinking, well, in my opinion, she shouldn't be here. She's not like, why is she still here? You were a threat. And I think that's why they came for you. So, you. you know, I'm really pleased you stuck around as long as you did. I'd loved you to stay on for longer. All so stars. if they do oh. an All-Stars UK. Who knows? Um, I'd absolutely <laughs> do an All-Stars, 100%. But, yeah, no, it's interesting. I did get a lot of flack from mm. what you call my peers. Um, <laughs> I don't, well, what, what do I you don't call know. them? <laughs> well, half of them hadn't performed at that point. So I was like, what are you talking about drag for? You just take pictures. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, because that's just not what it was to me. Yeah. Like, my drag has always, always been about like performance and entertainment above mm. like anything else. So like, it was all a bit of an alien concept to me. That to quote Starlet from this year, fifty percent of the grade was on the runway. I was like, why should we all be in like a no. darkened basement near Charing Ch- Cross performing to six about sixty drunk gays and lesbians, LGBTQ people at about ten thirty PM? Well, everyone's had too many Jaeger bombs. That's the real competition. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, it's nice. I've learned I can successfully wear clothes now. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I want it all. I want it right now. I'm gonna get what I deserve and much more somehow. have a question for Tia. Hi Graham. Hi Tia, it's lovely to meet you. Um, I've got a question here and I've never heard this rumour before but I'm going to ask this question anyway. Is it true that the queens aren't allowed to talk to each other when the filming stops? How true is that? Can you confirm or deny? Um, That's based on like a famous quote where Pearl said in an interview that uh, Rue told her that nothing she says matters if the cameras aren't rolling, which I'm sure she didn't quite phrase it like that. Um, But yeah, we don't talk if we're not on camera, and that is purely 
uh, in the interest of like fairness and also, I guess, entertainment to make sure that everything happens for the audience to enjoy. I, I'm sure I'm allowed to say that. Like, yeah, yeah, people know that, right? But it also makes sense. What's the point of having those conversations if they're not being filmed in that type of environment, I guess? Mm. So, so yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. We're, we are sort of allowed to talk, to be fair, but if anything comes up that they think might be like story-worthy or anything, they shout the word ice at oh. you or they like put us on ice which means we like sit in oh. silence um so that's i i remember like walking with sister sister one day and i was like oh so like i don't actually know what your real name is ice okay so i can't talk oh. about our real name. <laughs> um, what's your favorite color ice okay sorry and um, when's your birthday that's a hard ice sorry and i'm like well i guess we'll just walk in silence <laughs> thank you for your time <laughs> Been around before you This time I know the score too I hope you feel the same I know you feel the same Temptation in the voice, boy You leave me with no choice, boy I'm gonna play the game Are you gonna play the game? So So, who do we have next? Simon. Me. Simon. Hi, Tia. Hi, Simon. Hi. I'm very, very excited to be here. So, I'm an original pop gay, but you're the first celebrity that I've managed to be around to interview. So I'm really excited to meet you. And now I've butted you up a little bit. Let's talk about tucking. Um, So, right, look, can you just explain, please, exactly how you do tuck? Not you necessarily personally, but, like, how do you get... I don't get it, because how do you get your balls inside yourself? It just, it just, it... Simon's got humongous balls, and he's trying to figure out how he'd be able to do it. Hold on. Reese once asked me, he said, like, on a scale of Pluto to Jupiter, what are we talking? And my partner said, Jupiter. So it's like, I can't conceive of how I'm going to get him up there. That's really fascinating. Now all I'm thinking about is whether or not Pluto is a planet. <laughs> it is. It got, re- it got reinstated. Oh, love. But like, we can't, we can't have this back. It sounds like me and my ex-boyfriend. We can't have this back and forth and a lack of decision making about whether or not something's a planet. I feel like we just stick to it. Do you know what I mean? It was a planet for ages. And then everyone just decided, no, nah, actually, it's it it just a big rock. And now it That's is. That's rude. Again. It is yeah. again, though. It is. Okay. That's nice for Pluto. Um, back to your testicles. Uh, yeah. Um, is it? I don't know. I don't get it. Well, there's like a cavity. up. I don't actually really tuck. There... I just sort of smush it down and wear loads of tights. Um, <laughs> okay. But like, 
I there's like a cavity where like pre-puberty I think your balls are like occupied and then you know when people say your balls drop I think they actually fall out of like a section of your body or something listen I was never good at biology that's a lie actually I got an A star I was very good at biology <laughs> um, but like I think there's like a cavity that you can sort of like pop them up there sometimes really? it goes up there actually when I'm in like um wow I apparently feel really comfortable in this situation when I'm in like <laughs> certain situations one of my balls pops up inside me. Tim accidentally tucks, don't you sometimes, Tim? I do accidentally tuck, and they do disappear inside, and then oh, I just pop hey. it back out again. And Yeah, but yeah. You just, just cough hard, out. and they fall back out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Just, it never happens to me, but anyway, okay. But I'm sure, I'm sure, back to the original point, I'm sure you can fit your huge balls inside you if you wanted to. Simon, we should try. <laughs> Do it now. No, try now. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's audio only. No I'm wearing the Aussie bums. They're all nicely packed and no. Well, that just means they'll hold them up there. L listen, yeah, you all started can't this. go in. I didn't bring up my bollocks. You started <laughs> it. Thank you, Tia, um, for... For, for that, I just explaining yeah. absolutely nothing. You're well, very welcome. We kind of have, we kind of have, but I just, yeah, I didn't know there's a cavity there. Thank you. You learn something new every day, don't we? We'll make we this do. educational. Mm. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Tia. Um, who are the drag artists that you rate at the moment? Ooh. Rate at the moment. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's an interesting one. I have, like, uh, a lot of time for, like, performers who, like, perform in the bars that I worked in sort of growing up. So, like, I learned a lot of my drag from uh, Rose Garden, who uh, has been performing for years and years. She doesn't look it, but she has been performing for years and years. Um, and she's, like, um, quite a ridiculous... Irish woman who's just very loud um, and loves a bevy on stage, but she taught me a lot of things. Um, who else? Son of a Tutu is obviously an icon who I'm absolutely obsessed with and love. That was the first time I sort of like culturally, because Tutu is Nigerian and my mother was Nigerian as well. It's the first time culturally I saw like drag reflect my heritage, which I love. Um, I love Tanya Hyde. Um, because she's a good time and she sings the Venga Boys, which <laughs> I think is iconic. Like, not enough drag performers perform the Venga Boys. Paul loves them. Paul absolutely loves Venga Boys. Don't I'm you? obsessed with the Venga Boys. I love Venga Boys and Alice DJ. Do you know what I mean? Just take me right back to the to the nineties. Is that better off alone? Yeah, mm. it is. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should do that song. Oh I my feel like god. I I want a new set list for like 2023. So like collectively, I feel like each of you should come up with one song that I should add into a set list and then I'll like God. learn it. No crash, but no, we'll but we, just we add that, do that That is not a problem. We'll, we'll start that. a poll and everything. We'll get it all sorted. Oh God, yeah, we'll do a poll. Mm. We'll do that. Is there um, anybody from this season of Drag Race UK that you're, you're hoping to go all the way? No, I hope it's the first season that Rue crowns nobody and just calls it a day, to be honest. Um, no, I'm kidding. Obviously. <laughs> um, they're all special, unique flowers, and I love them all. Um, no, I personally am always in the mood for someone who's like uh, 
breaking new ground and making a difference because my drag daughter Victoria Scone was the first lesbian to appear on any mm -hmm. Drag Race franchise, mm -hmm. which I absolutely adored. So um, I'm firmly Team Dakota. Yes. Yeah. First um, trans girl to be on the UK franchise. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty iconic. It's very rare that anyone in their lives can say that they were the first person to do something. Yeah. Um, and she's like completely saying, she's also like the nicest person ever. And she's also like a massive nerd. So I like fully identify with her. For, I saw her doing, um, uh, what's it, a viewing party at the Tea Brewers. And she was fully like, geeking out over Pokemon and I was like how do you look that pretty and you're obsessed with Pikachu great love it <laughs> beautiful I do love Dakota Schiffer and I was very worried episode one I thought it was completely unjust to put her in the bottom two but thankfully still with us yeah I mean I think it was fair that she was in the bottom in that first do you, episode do you yeah. I know, well, I know this, it wasn't big enough it wasn't like Dragging up, but she really looked stunning. Yeah, yeah, she's very gorgeous. I'm undercover with somebody who believes in themselves, hoping that I can find a lover who can make me feel like somebody else. Someone who believes that I can do anything. So I can believe it in time I need to escape my own mind Step into the light and shine Underneath the smile I'm falling apart But I want this heart to get better I can keep everything inside me locked in the dark But I want this heart to get better There's a light Do you have a, another question for Tia? I do, but I'm going to move on to the whole music aspect of now, course. if that's all right. Because I am—I um, was kind of like totally obsessed when you first came out with um, Outside In. Um, and like from your EP, because you keep giving us these EPs, the damage. And I'm also loving the antidote as well. But the kind of like um, the genre and the feel, that, the feel that I get from it is very like, I don't know if you've ever seen Tron, like the newer version of Tron and Daft Punk kind of did the soundtrack to it. And it's mm. really synthy, but dark and deep, but you've kind of done that and taken it, but you've put lyrics to that kind of like style. So I was kind of like wondering what kind of music did you listen to growing up? And has that kind of influenced um, your, your style? Oh yeah, massively. I, I always say that I think in terms of like dark disco, but I grew up listening to like most of like, my mum and dad's music like when I was younger so like there was a lot of like David Bowie and like Blondie in the house at all times especially like in the car in long journeys because that was the time that I did not get any control over the music I think the first concert I ever went to was a Bowie concert in like Wembley maybe or like oh my god that's amazing yeah, when I was like nine and I was like obsessed because I was like, oh, this is a person from like a CD <laughs> who's like in real life. 
and I can't remember who else is there. There was there was a singer who was on stage as well who did like uh, the sort of like duet bits and like under pressure and stuff. I can't remember who that was, but they were very very iconic as well. Um, yeah, so I guess that probably has like quite a heavy influence. But then in my own time and my own journey, it was all it was all very. Spice Girls, S Club 7, S Club Juniors. Oh, yes! yes. People forget about S Club Juniors. Never forget forget S Club Juniors. Never forget. Uh, One of the greatest highlights of my entire life was after I performed at Birmingham Pride. And you'd think I'm about to say just before Mel C and Steps. No, it was cool that I was on just before Mel C. That was really great. But it was <laughs> afterwards I met Stacy from S Club Juniors. <gasps> and then she was my we favorite. Went... It's because she was the only one who sang a note. Yes. And then she, we went out with her afterwards and I was giving it, for... I got on stage at the night and go on Birmingham with Stacy and lip synced to Sundown by S Club oh. Juniors. Oh and it was God. the greatest moment of my life. Did I remember the choreography better than Stacy? Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) So let's move on to Graham. Graham, do you have a question? Another question for Tia. I do. And I want to talk about your debut single, Outside In, which was co-written by Little Boots and, of course, Thomas Paul, who we had on the show just very recently. So we were just interested to know how that all came about, Tia. Um, that came about somehow, and I can't cope with the fact that it happened. <laughs> um, I was, like, obsessed with Little Boots growing up, which, I mean, obviously that's definitely had an impact on the kind of, like, sound that I enjoy making now. But um, one of the first songs I ever performed in drag was Remedy in the back room of the Two Brewers in a panto. Mm-hmm. And then we started performing it as part of the drag girl group that I was in. We used to sing that every single week. And then, like, six years later, she's written a song that I'd sing and record and release. I I really still can't process and cope with that information because it is quite overwhelming. I'm sat here in, like, a large hooded blanket having released a song that was written by Little Boots. (laughs) Like, it doesn't really make any sense. Looks like I'm here again Putting on my brave face If I cut my hair again Will you think I've changed? If I go through the motions Will my emotions fade? You. And also Tom's great. <laughs> Sorry. 
Did, I don't know if you saw Tom went out for Halloween like the other day and mm. his trousers split because his... he was on show <gasps> again. Yes. Yeah. Ass out again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're all shocked up. I'm sure it was that. Right, well, <laughs> if you've got an ass like Tom, get, get it, it out. out. That's fair. <laughs> Maybe I should go to the gym and do some squats. Actually, no, I've got a really good bum. What am I talking about? It's great. So get it home. Sex cells. <laughs> well, I mean, watch my new music video and I'm sure you'll see it enough. <laughs> so, Tim, do you have another question for Tia? Yes. So, a lot of Rue Girls release uh, rap or speak sting type music. What made you want to actually sing on your tracks? Um, genuine talent. Got it. I'm kidding. No, I'm you're sorry. not. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was so mean. Um, you only said what we're all thinking. <laughs> no, do you know what we were all thinking? As soon as it went to you to ask another question, all I could think about was how frequently your testicles go inside you. Um, <laughs> I was. Um, I think it's just genuinely because, like, I have. Uh, an absolute like love of like pure pop music mm -hmm. and to me like the sort of like speak thingy bitch track type thing while it's like very popular and it's kind of like become its own genre in itself of like drag race music is sort of people going i'm boss and you lip gloss and i'm wearing heels yes and a wig like i'm sure it's very sellable and very like marketable and it's very enjoyable i listen to like quite a lot of it um it just wasn't for me really like the the best attempt that i made at sort of a speak singy rap moment was my verse of uk hun which in retrospect i don't know why i didn't just sing it to be different to everyone else because i had a whole plan to like sing that verse but then i was like no i'll i'll just do the speak speak rappy thing like everyone regrets <laughs> many regrets what made you change your mind um genuinely what made me change my mind was i'd written several verse options for it and the one that i was going to record because i don't know if you remember it was the ruru vision song contest yeah. so yes. it was like eurovision themed and i'd written lyrics that were like drag race and eurovision connected so like uh, one of them was about like hard rock hallelujah, which is like Shangela and also Lordy from Eurovision as like yeah. a reference. And one of the lyrics I'd written was uh, making waves. Just call me Katrina. And someone, <laughs> like Katrina and the wave. Yeah. And someone said, why are you talking about Hurricane Katrina? That's really <laughs> oh, offensive. Oh, no. And I was like, oh my God, of course, <laughs> like Americans are going to misinterpret it because they won't know who Katrina and the Waves are yeah. and they won't understand the Eurovision reference. So I like immediately defaulted back to um, another verse. And then because Joe Black came in late, because we actually got the song like the day before, so we had time to write it, um, but Joe didn't. So I'd also written a whole sung verse that was uh, meant to be like a scooch parody talking about all the different franchises of Drag Race. Mm. Uh, which had the whole like welcome back like thing, but I had to give some of my lyrics to Joe to like speed up the process. So I just ended up defaulting to you're a camp cow, you're a camp cow stunning. And I'm not proud of the lyrics. <laughs> uh, but at least they all rhymed and there was internal rhymes and I didn't talk about lentils. So that's fine. <laughs> Amazing. Simon, do you have another question for Tia? Right. 
I have the phone rings. Okay, mm-hmm. it's your agent. You they say, "All right, Tia, darling, I've just had blank record company on the phone. They only want to do a collab with you. Who would you want that artist to be?" Oh, if I could collab with anyone, who would it be? Oh, there are so many. Like, I should give like a good answer. But then I really want to give a stupid answer. <laughs> do you both? Do you both? It's your interview. Yeah. I mean, my manager, also called Simon, coincidentally. So every time he asks me, like, like who would you want to collaborate with? Like, who would you want to work with? My only response is Samantha Bumba. Oh! <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank yes. you. Which is not the reaction. We love my Samantha Mumba. We do love Samantha Mumba. She's amazing, underrated queen, absolutely brilliant. I fully agree. Ugh. I, I mean, like that was like an era of music for me because I like yeah. really associate Samantha Mumba. Got to tell you, with like Sonique feels so. Is it Sonique? Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was like a real, uh, real formative years for me. <laughs> so I'm always like, I would love to do a song with Samantha Mumba or, or alternatively to Lisa from N-Dubs, but I feel like oh, maybe ooh, not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, just like a few curveballs there. But like, I mean, <laughs> what would the actual dream collaboration be? I don't, I don't even know. I'm not even sure that like, you know, a duet with the entirety of S Club Juniors on a cover of Sundown <laughs> would be the answer. I guess maybe like, I guess maybe like do a leaper. I feel like we would probably yeah, sound yeah, quite leaper. good together. Yeah, you would. Yeah. She's got like that sort of like husky tone. And yeah. I feel like we'd like like blend really well together. Um, I don't have a phone number, so I can't ask her if she'd be up for it. Do you know but... what? We'll just we'll just do what we do with everyone and we'll just hound them. So we'll tag in Samantha Mumba, say your mumba, get it on, mm. and uh leap her while you're at it. Do you wanna just throw us a girl tea a coffee? Um a little collab. Cheers, thanks. I mean, me. who would you want me to collaborate with? That's the real do question. You... So I love and I think because I quite <laughs> just taking over right now. Um <laughs> so I honestly think Energy-wise, you and Sophie Ellis Baxter would actually yes. put out like mm-hmm. something that would slap. Yeah, couldn't Joe Black would absolutely kill me. Sophie Ellis Baxter is oh. Joe Black's absolute <laughs> idol. <laughs> Black is obsessed with Sophie Ellis Baxter. <laughs> that would be a good collaboration, I think. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Sparkly and tall heels because she still gives it up. You know what I'm saying? Would you <laughs> want to collab with Ariana? Ariana Grande. Yeah, would you? Um, no- not anymore, since oh. she recently unfollowed me on Instagram. <laughs> <gasps> really? It's fine, oh she unfollowed Bimini as well, so I'm not mad about it. <laughs> but like, <laughs> <laughs> I was assuming that was my one thing that I always brought up, was that Ariana Grande follows me on Instagram, and then she recently unfollowed <laughs> me, and I was like, this is... Well, it's, it wasn't the worst day of my life at all. It was perfectly fine. I just sort of went, oh, well, <laughs> and then carried on. Um <laughs> But that was like my one thing. I was like, I'm followed by Ariana Grande, and now I'm not. Do you know what? Her loss. What a fool. What a fool, Grande. We'll throw that at you as well. Well, she listens to this, so yeah, I, I'm glad she'll hear it. <laughs> Regularly. Yeah. <laughs> Tweets about it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tia, you've worked with the likes of Cahill, Toby Lawrence, and Rescue Rangers on mixes of your tracks. Are there any other producers or remixes that you'd like to work with? Oh, 
That's interesting. Do you know, I secretly, like, I kind of, like, want to be able to... Obviously, this is, like, very uh, time-consuming. It would take a lot of time. But I think my, like, dream would be to sort of, like, learn all of the production elements so I would be able to do it myself. Mm. Because I sort of, like, often sit in with, like, um, Julian, who, like, produces a lot of the stuff that we do often sit in with julian and sort of like work on mixes and sort of like tweak things and it's like so fascinating and so interesting and like it's just probably quite irritating for people that i have to sit there and go no no i think it needs to be more of a like sound because i can't like i i don't necessarily have the like skills and the vocabulary to be able to like articulate everything correctly so i think like legitimately i would want to like if I could wave a ma magic wand right now and like have all the requisite skills to understand how to use like logic and melodyne and all of these like complicated things, I'd want to just be able to do it myself. So I could be like, move aside. This is how it needs to sound. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Rather than the awkward back and forth of being like, mm, I think it needs to be like more like synthy. Yeah, this is a synth. No, but you know, like a synthy synth. That's a co that's a co producers co producers credit. That it needs to be a bit blah blah. Co-production, right? Where are the credits? Where, where is my credit? Are you think? Are you planning on like giving us a full album at all? Because we've had like eight singles, three EPs. I mean, there's there's, there's more than a full albums worth there, really. But are you planning on like releasing a a full-bodied album of work at any point? No, I just listen to them back to back. Then it's an album. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, lazy baby! <laughs> I feel like. It's very, it's very difficult, like, at the moment, because obviously, like, despite sort of, like, uh, you know, having the platform off the back of the show, I want to, like, authentically sort of, like, claw my way through and, like, do the pop thing, like, yes. the way I see best. And it's, like, very unfortunate because everything, a lot of things at the moment are based on, like, you know, algorithmic things that you can't control. Like, mm. I release a song that's three minutes 22 and suddenly I'm like, God, that's 40 seconds too long in the modern era. Like, it's um, quite difficult. So I feel like albums are very hard things when you're very early on. Because at the moment, I feel like I have to put, like, my best sort of, like, single work forward and and hope and pray that people like it and that it gets onto playlists and things and that... Um, people, people love that. So I think at some point I would, I would like to write reams of albums and be the Adele of drag. But well, maybe Ooh. not. I'm, I'm not no, great at power no. ballad. The Taylor Swift of drag. There we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, but I think at the moment, sort of, I have to like really focus on like uh, trying to put out the strongest sort of like single elements that I can. You know, you said like you're trying to authentically claw your way through the pop kind of sphere. Yeah. Drag Race gave you that platform, but how much of it is a hindrance as well? Like, are you trying to break free of that and be seen as a, a, a bona fide artist in your own right without the Drag Race mantle behind you? Or Well, you could have not used Break Free, a song by Ariana Grande. <laughs> Thank you. Um <laughs> great song though i might maybe i'll just try and start a rivalry with ariana grande um <laughs> no I won't. um yeah no it is it is very difficult because like obviously like drag is my platform to perform and it's what i do mm -hmm. to be able to perform and i think people probably don't take it very seriously a lot of the time 
because they obviously think that the music's going to be like nails, hair, hips, heels, yas queen. Um, Ooh, but it's quite rage. difficult. Oh, yeah, it was a rage. <laughs> um, why not? Um, I, I, enough people have read Todrick at this point. Mm. Um, I think it's just really difficult because like a lot of the time, like I do spend a lot of time like writing and like working very hard on music and like some of the subject matters that I have written about are not like that. So it's like very, it's a weird headspace to sort of be in when you have like the drag fandom who will think and see things in a certain way. And then like, I'm like, Oh no, well actually that song is about depression. Like it's, it's a confusing space to be in. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people probably don't take it overly seriously. There are, times of the year where <laughs> your music gets into lots of playlists and that's very lovely uh, but it's not pride season anymore so it suddenly becomes a lot tougher and a lot more difficult but i'll 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 keep plodding on because it's what i'm passionate about i think it's really nice that you you do take it serious though in terms of yeah. like cause like i said like a lot of drag queens do come out of it and they do try and instantly go for that kind of campy queenie um drag lingo connection for the fan base but your music's actually it's very mature and it's thoughtful and, and it's progressive it's yeah. it's beautiful like get better made it onto my playlist thank you very much uh, for 2022 it's just beautiful i think it's so stunning i think it's gorgeous oh thank you no you're welcome that's like that was um the music video for that was like one of the sort of like first ones that i really tried to sort of like streamline it's very intentionally like outside in was a very simple video and then the get better video was like similarly quite simple and dark like to try and like almost like mirror and like feel like it was like a new era um with a similar energy but um no thank you i really appreciate that you're welcome honestly it was beautiful so we're going to move on to our followers questions now and uh we're going to start with Paul. So, Tia, Ryan Watts on Facebook um, has asked, he says, your drag looks are amazing, simple yet stunning. You know what works for you. Do you think that becoming the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race is becoming a little bit like who can afford to have the most stunning dress made for them and wear it on the runway now? And where does that leave queens on a tight budget? Which I think you kind of did answer a little bit earlier mm. on, but like... I did, but the way that question is phrased, I have to uh, go back slightly on what I said because there are some people, Lawrence Cheney, for example, who rightfully won our season, um, did not change their looks in the seven-month break, did not have the budget because Scotland, they, they didn't have drag shows come back at all during that time, did not have the budget to do so. Some of the other queens who got further may or may not have been given money by some organisations that wanted them to progress. They're not to the BBC or World of Wonder, just to clarify, but some <laughs> yeah. external organisations <laughs> may have given them money to suddenly come back, even though in the books that they released, they may have said that it was all planned and that they were a Trojan horse, but in reality, they actually had the time to improve their looks, because if you think about it logically, you can see that they wanted to do Pamela Anderson for the seaside runway, but suddenly they did. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think that money has a massive impact on how people can progress. However, it doesn't change the fact that like Lawrence was extremely good at mm -hmm. what they do, extremely talented, very good at drag, 
absolutely slaughtered the first half of the competition and continued to do very well bar snatch game um, in the <laughs> second half of yeah. it um, and was like a deserving winner. So like not always does the finance come into it. I know Lawrence made a lot of their looks themselves and like worked with a lot of friends collaboratively to do so. I, for example, didn't have the contacts, the means or the finances to be able to to do that. Like it was the same. I thought because I had all my looks made, I was going to do really well because I helped something prepare for season one. Um, and that was like, my friend made a big box with a stamp on and I was like, oh, put Lick Me on the back. That'll be camp. <laughs> with a dress that something had bought from ASOS. And we were like, oh, it's 80 pounds. That's, that's a very expensive dress. Okay. Like, genuinely, that's yeah. what we were, how we operated and how drag worked at that time. So to end up on a season with people who had, like, honestly miraculous looks, the skills to make them or the finances to get them, um, it's very difficult. I think season three and four... Uh, knowing the amount of money that certain people spent two years saving to be able to be of a standard to compete, it's extortionate. Like, it's intense. Yeah, it is like a little bit alarming. But also, it is it is what it is. When you create is, a, yeah. a culture, then it kind of snowballs. Graham, what is your follower question for Tia? I have a question from Jason Rutherford. Hargreaves, who's at Geordie J on Twitter. Um, and Jason wants to know, were you prepared for the public onslaught that would follow Drag Race UK? And how do you deal with the social media stan culture? Just because of that surname, I'm just thinking about how attractive I find Greg Rutherford. Um, <laughs> Lovely legs. Mm. Just really hot. Um, public onslaught following on from Drag Race. Um, no, not really, because we um, weren't allowed out of our houses while it was airing. So, like, I lived vicariously through, like, social media. I would do, like, uh, an after show with guests for GAY on Facebook mm. as, like, a live stream. And I was like, cool, a hundred people are watching and they're asking questions and they care. This is very lovely. Um, isn't that nice? Um, and then we did a 42-date sold-out UK tour for season two in ridiculous venues like the London Palladium. It's like, it was a big leap to sort of, like, understand what it was like to, I mean, interact with other human beings again, because we hadn't done that for nearly an entire year, but also just, like, to understand that people really appreciated and enjoyed the season was very overwhelming. Um, something that I don't forget about and is very humbling... I'm sure other people forget about it, but I don't. I guess that you had the nerve to break my heart. I guess you wanted to tear my world apart. For whatever reason, you saw the door and made your sweet escape. I couldn't believe it. Making me look bad All of the time we spent 
Simon, what is your follower question? Um, I've got um, a double question here from Pete Jeffrey at Pete Jeffrey on Twitter. So um, we mentioned it at the start, actually. He says, uh, you did an amazing Alan Turing-inspired look for the Gay Icons Runway. But who else did you consider doing and why? Um, hilariously, I considered doing Vivian Westwood. Oh, I know oh. I'm not a fashion person, but it was genuinely on my list. And had I done that, it would have meant that me and Ahura had the same hometown runway and the same um, gay icon runway, which <sighs> would have been iconic. But mm. we needed that. Um, we needed that Alan Turing moment, really. We did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did, did, is, that, is that a decision you came to yourself or did the producers kind of say, look, girls, we can't have both or? No, I think, um, I think some people were told that they couldn't do the same thing and they had to change. But interesting, the two Naomi's weren't told and the two Robin Hoods weren't told to change. <laughs> it's like they know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> but like, then the two Robin Hoods didn't get on with each other and started arguing. Mm. Um, yeah, I think... I think I, I was pretty passionate because I thought I needed to do, because I knew it was two runways, I really thought I needed to do um, actually either Naomi Campbell or like a Vivian Westwood sort of moment because I was like, these are the only fashion references I have at this point in my life because I don't really care about fashion. I do now. I didn't. Um, but it was uh, Pixie Polite from season four of RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> who nudged me and went, why don't you do Alan Turing? You're obsessed mm. with the man. And I was like, why don't I do Alan Turing? I'm obsessed with the band. Yeah. Um, and that was a very sort of like helpful direction. And I'm really proud of that runway because it's like, not just, I know a lot of people were like, I don't get it. You don't look like Alan Turing. It said create a look inspired by, it didn't say exactly. cosplay. Exactly. So actually, everyone else did the runway wrong. I did it right. Um, <laughs> but like, I put, you know like simple things like having the chains at the start and sort of like i think people thought that was meant to be like breaking chains code breaker but it was obviously like yeah. a reference to like the criminalization and the persecution that gay people felt at that time and the fact that this yeah. man literally yeah. saved us from nazis mm. and then was a criminal because of their sexuality um heartbreaking. yeah code breaking and heartbreaking and then like yeah, the the suit had like a custom pattern on it, which was like binary code, but yeah. it spells the word love in binary code and then it's oh, rainbow. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, so like there was a lot of thought into it. And um, uh, and then all we really remember is me pretending to type and bobbing oh, my God. head around. No, what? <laughs> I Nobody absolutely, yeah. I'm not even joking. It's one of my favourite things. Like every time it pops up, someone shows the, the gif of it. And I just always end up kind of going like, it's just so cute. It's so cute. But you schooled the children. You schooled yeah, the did. children, you know. We tried. And now now he's on a £50 note. I'm not saying that they're directly connected. <laughs> I'm not sure the Bank of England watched Drag Race UK. You but, never know. Um, you never know. Do you know what? I'm, I'm sure someone went, why is Alan Turing trending? They must really want him on a £50 note. <laughs> so, Tim, if you can ask Tia your follower question, please. Okay, so um, Chris Cavanaugh on Facebook. I'm really intrigued, really intrigued about how much produced drag races. How much creative freedom do the queens have with Snatch Game, for example? And are they really allowed to let their characters shine? 
Um, do you know, once when I was about six, I faxed a question into CBBC for the 90s pop star Kavanaugh. Um, <laughs> and it was, who's your favourite Spice Girl? And because I was a very formal child, age six, I signed it off Lawrence Bolton. Um, but um, Andy Peters said, this question is from Lawrence, from Bolton. And I was like, I'm oh. not from Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that stuck with me for <laughs> however many years it's been since I was six years old. What a formal child. Um, how much creative, Chris Kavanagh, how much creative freedom? I mean, entirely, like, obviously the runway categories are uh given to you and they're actually not the categories as they're announced for example we were told to prepare um a runway with a reveal and then it was called surprise surprise because sheridan smith was the guest judge and that's a lovely silla reference as she played silla um so sometimes it's like you know difficult i think on season four they were told to prepare like uh, a neon runway and then it was called neon nights so it's like mm -hmm. sometimes the phrasing changes slightly and it can um, maybe skew how the audience would look at someone's runway for that category. Um, how much creative freedom? I mean, Rue interacts, she will ask questions, you respond to those questions, you have your own creative control when it comes to Snatch Game. Um, you listen to Rue when she says, like, I don't know how much creative control Rue has from the producers. If she's told to say, we don't like Shirley Bassey, I don't know. But... Um, yeah, I didn't actually do my backup for Snatch Game. I changed because I thought I was going home. Um, so my backup was actually Anne Boleyn. Oh, wow. And then I was like, uh, I'm going home. Victoria's gone made me this big Afro wig and I'm not going to get to wear it because I'm definitely going to go home. So I'm just going to do Mel B. <laughs> and I, bo I borrowed Bimini's coat that she wore in the little postcard bit of the previous episode. And then they were like, why aren't you wearing leopard print? And I was like, I was. Your table's just higher than I imagined. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's like full creative control. I could have like stuck to my guns and done Shirley Bassey. I could have done mm. Shirley Bassey's cousin, Cheryl, which is what Rue suggested to me. Why don't you do Cheryl Bassey? Which I should have done. Because now I think about it. I think she was trying to get me to do an Essex girl, Cheryl Hole meets Shirley Bassey. Yeah which I now regret not doing. You, you mentioned um, just then Victoria Scone. You mentioned Victoria just earlier in the podcast as well. Um, we know that you're Victoria Scone's drag mother. What does being a drag mother actually entail? I mean, it really depends. For example, my other drag daughter, Psoriasis, was at the Two Brewers last night. I love that name. <laughs> oh, she does have psoriasis, to be fair. Um, oh. <laughs> And she was very drunk and wanted to order food. So she was like, I will, I'll come home with mummy and we'll get food. And I was like, okay. So sometimes <laughs> it's just that. Um, but with Victoria, it was a very like interesting case because she sort of adopted me as her drag mother because uh, she entered a competition that I'd done called Drag Idol. Um, and she came all the way from Cardiff to the two brewers to compete. And this was many, many years ago and opinions have changed. But one of the judges... Uh, actually, more than one of the judges said, I don't think this is the competition for you as, uh, you know, it's not really drag. Um, maybe you should enter like a burlesque competition or something like that. And I like, after several many Jaeger bombs, went up to her and was like, no, you will live your dream. You will do this. You are a drag queen. You can do what you want. Um, 
and she ended up sort of like her makeup got bigger her hair got bigger her costumes got bigger she ended up getting to the final of that competition which you know about 300 people enter it every year nationwide so well at least at least i used to back in my day now everyone's just applying for drag race um <laughs> but um yeah she got to the final and did really well and then after that we sort of like stayed in contact and she was very good friends with um one of my drag friends poppy cock um and i ended up putting her on uh in the lockdown i did a drag competition called lockdown legends with something wrong um, <laughs> and we just did it because we were bored and we knew how to edit off a zoom call so we had all these drag people from like across the uk doing it and victoria was one of our mentors but yeah i thought just like yeah what does it mean? I don't really know what it means. Caring for people, helping them. I'm helping my new drag son, the tiny gentleman, sort of start to get gigs and get into venues oh, and things oh. like that. That's so um, cool. Yeah. I guess it's sort of just being a, a gentle guiding hand and a, mm. a, a pleasant person to bounce ideas off. Yeah, my heart is beating like a bass drum Hitting every part of me till day comes me from the start and I can't deny I've already fallen and I can't lie Don't know why I think about you all the time Took me by surprise but it feels alright Baby it's right have a uh, another question from our very own peter who sadly can't be with us tonight and peter asks you seem to be taking music seriously at the moment and have been lately releasing synth pop stroke dance stroke disco based music is this the kind of music you listen to yourself and what other artists are you enjoying at the moment oh i do listen to like um this sort of genre of music but i also listen to a lot of other um, styles of music people find it very strange because when they leave my house and they have to go down the stairs there's an a3 poster of eminem above the stairs it's oh. very specific i do i do listen to a lot of music i think the artist that i listen to at the moment um uh someone called eden hunter who's just re released a new song she's an absolute icon um her lyrics and her melodies are like absolutely incredible um, and they've got quite a few songs that are out that just are like incredibly relatable. Um, a song called Weightless particularly sort of like hit me at an important time in my life where I was like, I needed to feel that kind of support, uh, which I really love. Uh, July Jones, who's uh, sort of uh, very edgy, probably not the style of music you would uh, expect me to listen to, but has a song called Butterflies, which I absolutely adore and listen to on repeat in the shower. But then also, like, I'll listen to, like, musical theatre soundtracks. Like, you cannot stop me from listening to the Six of Musical soundtrack on repeat. Oh, I will I listen to it every incredible. day. I've not even seen it yet, but I'm obsessed with it. 
Sorry, I wet. know, I know, because like I wanted to go watch it, and then so this is how shared this with my friends are. They all said, "Oh no, sorry, we can't," and then I found out they went on and watched it. Oh. Wow, and now they're ex friends. Like another ex, another ex friends, just like the ex wives. And um, whereabouts do you live? Question. So I, I live in Wigan, so I could have gone watching it at the Lowry. Yeah, I think next time they're up there for the UK tour, you need to do it. Like it's literally I'm my do it. I'm, I'll go on my own. I'm not even bothered. I will go on my own. Do it. Do you I'll, know what? Graham, Graham, Graham me, I'll me. come. Oh, Tia, you come with me? Yeah, we'll <laughs> go have a pop gay outing, and Tia can come as well. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> Okay, so I've sent through Zoom. I've sent a picture over to you, Tia, and I think I might have sent over to everybody else. Is it a Simon's big balls? No, oh, so. <laughs> no, no, it's not. My, no, no, the screen's not large enough. It's not no, <laughs> I'm obsessed. I need to see them. Sorry, <laughs> so don't. You really don't. You really don't. <laughs> One of the questions that we ask in our episodes is uh, going back way back to the times of Smash Hits magazine, and we basically ask a ridiculous smash hits magazine style question so in tribute to your legendary soft serve ice cream runway look from drag race uk we would like to know tia coffee which of these refreshing summer frozen treats would you snog marry and divorce (laughs) so we have a wall's funny foot a calippo and a cornetto Right, so the images I'm already going to have to contest. Divorce straight up the foot. Oh, <gasps> no! Did they still make them? I love the funny foot. It's I mean, really we've all tasty. got our kids. I'm not here to judge, but like, <laughs> it just wasn't delicious. It was. It was so tasty. I wouldn't marry it, right? No, but it's, it was a weird, uh, in my memory said it was like a weird, like almost mousse-like consistency. Yeah, it was delicious. No, you're not feeling not it. Not for me. Can no, I alter okay. the flavours of the others? Yes. I think yes, the Calypso is, is the colour in tea, but what mm. would you change it to? Oh, Calypso orange. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic Calypso flavour. And then Cornetto. It's got to be the mint or the strawberry. Oh, I like the strawberry No, one. it's always, yeah. always, always chocolate and vanilla. Oh, no, I love the strawberry one. So we're divorcing the foot. <laughs> 100% okay. just in ice cream form. <laughs> Which one are you snogging? Um, I'm going to snog. Oh, they've both got their times. They've both got their moments. <laughs> if you really need to be, why is this the question I've taken the most seriously the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> if you need a refreshing moment, it is a Calippo. If you just mm-hmm. want to feel sumptuous and decadent, it's a Cornetto. Don't get me started on a Vianetta. Not the time. <laughs> oh, Vianetta. <laughs> Vianetta. I think I'm going to, like, snog the Calippo because sometimes too cold and marry a Cornetto because it's just iconic and you get that little bit of chocolate at the end of the cone. Yeah. Oh, yes. the fuck Yeah. Mm. Very well thought out answer, though. I like mm. it. 
Well, uh, possibly too well thought out for such. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun and frivolous question that I turned into serious logic, taking all the fun out of it. Um, just one last question there, Tia, before we before we wrap up. Oh, um, I wanted I... twelve horse dog married divorces. Oh, <laughs> we could have just done a whole episode on it. Rumor has it you're a massive Eurovision fan. Will you be attending Liverpool this year? Absolutely. Are you entering it? Is it you? Is it you? Are you gonna you're gonna be our our act? Oh my god, I wish. You so should be. Great. I mean, I don't think I could have uh, contended with Sam Ryder on the Spaceman vocals, to be honest with you. That was <laughs> But um I don't know. Why wouldn't why uh, yeah, I mean outside in would be like a boppy Eurovision hit. Obviously it couldn't be outside in because Eurovision rules state that the song cannot have been released before yes. the first of September in the preceding year. Yes. Um, am I a Eurovision fan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, because literally, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like the Hunger Games for gays to try and get hold of tickets for that. So, do yeah. you, do you literally get like, like, here, take coffee? Do you want to come to Eurovision? And do you want to bring six or seven friends with you from Pop Gears? <laughs> I haven't heard anything. I think your way in would be to try and apply for media passes. To be honest, just saying that on the sly. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. What? Wee wee blogs. They're there every single year with their media passes. Other sort of like Eurovision fan sites are there every year with their media passes. All it takes is an email and some authentic media relations. We'll be on it. And do you know what? (laughs) Do you know what? If I don't get a ticket, take me with you. Thank you. We'll sort you Um, out. We'll sort you out. Well, I'm hoping. I mean, fingers crossed. I've done like digital content for Eurovision for the last two years, uh, which has been really lovely because I've got to meet all of the hopefuls from uh, each of the countries that are entering. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that the BBC, since it is here, and I have lovingly um, served them on the digital social side uh, for the last few years, will be asking me back. Fingers well, crossed. We hope so. Have you ever met Sonia, though? Um, I haven't. I'd love to meet Sonia. She sent me a cameo for 60 quid. <laughs> She did. My mate got it me for my birthday a couple of years ago in lockdown. We know. We remember. Oh, it's amazing. It's the best <laughs> thing. It saved my life. That's really gorgeous. But Lisa Scott Lee sent me a cameo as well from the downstairs oh my God. loo. Oh. She, she was in a downstairs loo in Dubai. She was. What she was in the toilet. She was in the toilet and she did me a cameo for 80 quid. My boyfriend gave it me for to say well done on your new job. Isn't that love? She's married to Johnny from Hearsay, isn't she? She is, yeah. Yes. And they run a performing arts. Uh, they do. Yeah, She's they our do. patron saint, Lisa Scott <laughs> she is. is she? Maybe you should she see is. an actual patron. <laughs> you have like a real Lisa <laughs> Scott as the patron. I think she'd do oh. it. I yeah, think she, she might do. Well, she did me a cameo, so she'd probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't on. ask her after she's performed at Birmingham Pride because she's a. Uh, she likes a bevy, does Lisa? Oh, she, yeah. oh, we know. We've seen her in New York, New York after yeah, the Manchester proper... gig. Hi, Good time, gal. Yeah. Good time, gal. All for it. Yeah, me too. Do you know, I think Tim's disappeared again. Yeah, I think he's disappeared. He's like a dollar summer. His balls have probably accidentally yeah. popped up into his. his <laughs> I life. know. See, Simon's got the massive balls. Tim's got the massive. Yeah, twenty-two slot. inches apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like this is this. I, I don't. <laughs> Because I what I do uh, no I can't no it's fine I don't know how to complete that information. No, and he's not here to defend himself either. So that was very cruel of me. Defend himself. He fucking loves the whole thing. He Tim does. and his twenty-two <laughs> inches. 
He does. Wow. So, Tia, you've been absolutely amazing and it's been a pleasure to speak to you thank you so much for your time today now before we, we let you go where can our listeners find you on social media and where can they get a hold of your music you can find me on all good social media platforms at tia coffee t-i-a-k-o-f-i <laughs> you can also stream my music where all good music is sold um do it on spotify or apple music or tidal or Amazon Music? Or what's the other one that people use <laughs> that the kids are using these days? Napster? No. <laughs> LimeWire? Deezer. Deezer. Oh, it is Deezer. Is it Deezer? Oh my god, it's Deezer. I don't really know what Deezer is, but um, no one else also... decided. Well, someone does. I, yeah. I guess a lot of streams on Deezer, so that's oh, okay. nice. Um, yeah. What do you get you pay the most on? Uh, merch sales, not music. <laughs> can we find your merch? Where can we find your merch, Tia? Oh, don't worry about that. No, uh, it's in the merch.com or something or .co.uk. Google in the merch. <laughs> in the merch, Tia Coffee. <laughs> I'm, I'm very bad at like self-promotional things. Um, no, music is a passion. So it's not about sort of like how it uh, returns or anything like that. It's a... Uh, an investment in a passion and a love and i appreciate everyone who sort of like listens to my music and enjoys it um especially all of you uh with your many many supportive and very very kind tweets um and uh sort of just lovely words every time i release more music uh which apart from heart beating which i don't think you're as keen on but like <laughs> apart from, like the rest of them, uh, very much so. No, I, I really appreciate it. So um, thank you from me oh. in this woolen oh. that I'm wearing. You look a bit, actually, it's a little bit Virgin Mary-esque, actually. With the, the blue, <laughs> Virgin, the blue and the not right. me. Wow. Tell that to my mind profile, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fabulous. Well, dear listeners, sadly, that's all we've got time for today. We're very excited to have Tia with us, and we hope you've enjoyed this Pop Gaze Meet special. So until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed it. If you, I hope you didn't hate it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to keep that in. <laughs> <laughs>